0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Marty Jagdish with you. It's time now for the bigger picture with Ryan Huang. And a new worry bubbling up in the financial markets. Ryan's been talking about it all morning, stagflation. And high inflation and stagflation of course would be noxious for households, businesses, investors across asset classes. What can you tell us, Ryan? So basically, prices are rising and we've seen that happening across the board from commodities to menu items, air restaurants, you know, things just getting more expensive. And it's for various reasons and also for various reasons we are seeing growth slowing down, especially in China. We've seen the likes of Goldman Sachs, for example, cutting their growth forecast for China this year to around 7.7% from 8.2% for, because of all these issues. And just to give you a reference point, oil prices are up more than 50% year to date. So that's an example of how prices have been going up. To get a bigger picture, we've got Vasu Menon. He is the executive Director for Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank. Morning Vasu, how are you doing today? Good morning Ryan, I'm very well, thank you. Hey, glad to hear that Vasu. Well, let's talk about what's really um, becoming a growing voice or concern right now, stagflation. What's your view on this risk right now? Basically it points to high inflation and slowing growth. Is that a concern now?
1: Well, You know, at this juncture, it's not one of our top risk factors that we're keeping an eye on. But nevertheless, I heard what you said. Yes, you know, inflation has been elevated and growth is expected to peak this year and slow down next year. But, you know, the Federal Reserve and other central banks have taken a view that this price pressure that we're seeing right now is transitory. Mm. And let's hope that's the case. We'll get a better picture of that in the first half of next year. As the pandemic eases, hopefully supply comes back on stream and prices come down. You know? So, for example, oil, you know, we see it easing in the next 12 months. So hopefully with things going back to a greater normalcy, supply will pick up. Prices will come down. But the good news, I think, is that, you know, we're not seeing hyperinflation. Inflation is picking up, which is kind of normal when, you know, economies recover. But we're not seeing hyperinflation. The inflation numbers are elevated. But the good news is the CPI numbers for the U.S., for example, eased slightly recently. Mm. And hopefully
0: that trend continues. Yeah, Vasu, if you read the papers um, today or recent days, you would see headlines like how there's a uh, power crunch or how energy prices are going up. And things are just getting more expensive for businesses to just operate. So with that in mind, how will that affect the coming quarters when you think about earnings and the margins? What sort of growth slowdown are we looking at when you look at the supply chain bottlenecks?
1: You're right. I mean, it is going to create some problems for companies. It's going to cause costs to uh, go up, will result in margin pressure, some degree of earnings pressure. But again, you know, I think it hasn't impacted the markets just yet because investors are looking beyond the next two quarters. Mm. They're hoping that, you know, as we go into 2022, as we return to greater normalcy, supply will pick up once again. And, you know, prices will hopefully come down and the price pressure we're talking about will ease. But, you know, Brian, it's a lot of ifs here. Because uh, if the price pressure doesn't come down by the first half of next year, then I think speculation will start coming to the forefront. Mm. Or, you know, worries about high inflation is going to come to the forefront. At this juncture, the central banks appear very, very confident. The Federal Reserve's uh, recent inflation forecast shows that it sees inflation, the PC inflation rate, coming down from 4.2% this year to 2.2% next year. So that's a big sign of confidence on the Fed that it sees
0: inflation as uh, transitory. Yeah, but so talking about what's coming up in the coming quarters, we know tapering is on the cards. It might come as soon as November or December. And in line with that, we've seen treasury yields going up. Right now, we've seen it really pick up at a fast pace. So with that in mind, how should investors be positioned for the coming months? Should they be going into, for example, banks because rates are going up?
1: Well, you know, I think, you know, the higher rates are a reflection of the fact that, you know, economies are improving. If you look at the 10 year bond yields in the US, they're 1.17% on the 3rd of August. That's a low for the recent low. And now it's gone up slightly above 1.5 percent so that's quite a quite a big move 40 basis points Mm. in a matter of you know two and a half months or so i think it's kind of normal because we believe that the 10-year yields will hit towards the 1.9 percent handle in the next 12 months you know because as the Fed tapers yields will go up yes you're right you know the financial sector will benefit from from higher yields but it's more than just that the reason why the yields are going up is because of greater confidence in the economy and that means the cyclical stocks the value stocks some of the old economy stocks, like even property sector, sector for example, could, could benefit. Because if the economy recovers, along with the increase in yields, that's good news for some of the old economy stocks.
0: Yeah, so financial sector, old economy stocks, ticket goals, could be ones to watch out for. But what would you avoid at this time? Would China be at the top of the list?
1: Well, you know, the Chinese stock market has taken a very bad beating. At this juncture, we're telling our clients, be careful of China. We're not negative on China. Uh, we think that, you know, you know, essentially China is worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but the problem with China is that there's a lack of policy clarity. The regulatory crackdown continues. You're not sure where that's headed. The Evergrande issue hangs mm-hmm. over China. You slow slowdown in the economy is happening. So you're right. I mean, at this juncture, you want to be very careful of China. Even if you're looking to bottom fish after a 40% correction in the market, I think you want to do it very selectively, selectively and very gradually. Right? Uh, but I think once the dust clears up, you know, China could offer pretty attractive
0: value, but maybe not right now. Yeah, and so of nothing, it's going to be golden week uh, from tomorrow. So it's going to be seven days of no corporate news almost. So we we'll want to really uh, keep on your toes around. And one more thing we want to get your view on, and that is the gridlock that's happening in the US around the US debt ceiling. How much of a worry should markets or investors be um, know, thinking about this? Because it's something that threatens to shut down the government partially at least
1: that's right you know there are two, two elements here one is to shut down the government the other one is debt ceiling. I'm a bit more confident that the uh, shutdown may not happen they'll pass some kind of a, you know, funding bill to at least keep the government going till uh, December. I mean, that's what the politicians in the U.S. are talking about. And that's a bit more palatable for the politicians in the U.S. But the debt ceiling, that's a bit more structural, a bit more long-term, a bit more fundamental. And that's where, you know, we could run into issues. And we've got till October 18 to make Mm. a decision, right? And uh, if they don't, and you cast your mind back to 2011, the S&P 500 index fell about 19% between July and September of that year uh, because of the debt ceiling issue. So, you know, we're down now 4% from the peak. If the debt ceiling issue is not resolved, you know, the markets could hit even further south. Uh, mm. But, you know, historically, we've seen a bipartisan deal
0: at the last hour, and hopefully, this happens again. Yeah, so uh, that um, um, October 18 deadline set by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, saying her division will run out of cash by then if they don't get a deal. So something to keep on your calendar. Emerging Vasu Menon, he is the executive director for investment strategy at OCBC Bank. Vasu, thank you for the time, as always. Thank you, Ryan. Have a good day. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.